Good morning. Welcome to this assembly designed for our information, motivation, and edification from the divinely given source, God's Word. I want to read this verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 and develop the sermon and then close by returning to this verse 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58 that says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That statement from God written by Paul to the church at Corinth, has a strategic location. It comes at the end of the chapter where Paul is reaffirming the historical truth of the resurrection of Christ. And based on that truth, he is giving assurance that God's people will be raised to heavenly glory. Well, what do you do about that? What ought to be my personal response to the truth that Christ was raised and that I will be raised? I should, in the present, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing this, my labor in the Lord is not in vain. See, the truth of Christ's resurrection and with that the assurance of our resurrection is not dry academic data. It contains life-giving motivation to abound in the work of the Lord. Not just know what the work of the Lord is. Not just be able to tell others what the work of the Lord is. Not just talk about the work of the Lord and who should be doing it. Abound ourselves in the work of the Lord, being steadfast and immovable with full confidence that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Statements like this take in the whole of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And it requires daily consistency. Now, all this year, in 11 sermons in 2019, and this would be sermon number 12 in the series, we've been going through the book of Acts with one thing in mind. The theme of the sermon series this year has been, It's What Christians Do. I want to briefly review what we've been working through this year, and then I want to admonish us to abound in the work of the Lord. My approach this year to the book of Acts has been, What is Luke telling Christians about what Christians need to do? Very often we refer to the book of Acts to learn and teach others how to become Christians. 
And that's a good, valuable use of the book. But that hasn't been our primary focus in this sermon series this year. See, Luke also relates to us what people do after they become Christians. And so we have called this series, It's What Christians Do. We read what Luke wrote, and we are able to make a list of what Christians do. We are devoted to teaching what the apostles gave. Devoted to the teachings of the apostles. We stick together and we share with each other. We praise God, preach the gospel, rejoice in our salvation. We engage in the good works and the prayer recommended in the book of Acts. We are ready to endure tribulation, reason from the scriptures, and we take the Lord's Supper as we did today, every first day of the week. Do you see, Luke not only tells us how to become Christians, he tells us what Christians do. Now, the question today is, are we doing that? Are we doing what Luke has outlined one must do after being baptized? I want to specify four questions out of this series for individual examination based on what we've studied. And then I'll take us back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Number one. What are we doing? Are we devoted to the teachings of the apostles? Are we devoted to the teachings of the apostles? We came to this in this study. In Acts chapter 2, we came to this at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, it is not optional. This verse and others place the obligation on every single Christian to be devoted to the teachings given through the apostles that God caused to be written in the New Testament. It is my obligation as a preacher, but likewise my obligation as an individual Christian and the obligation of every individual Christian to devote ourselves to the teachings of the apostles of Christ set forth on the pages of the New Testament. Do you ever have this thought? I wish I knew more about the New Testament. You ever have that thought? Do you ever get into conversations with people and you know that they are wrong about something religiously, but you're just not equipped to open the New Testament and show them what the text says? And there is the discipline of discernment required of every single Christian. 
that we know what the New Testament says. You need to check what I teach and preach against the New Testament standard. You need to consider all that we do as a local church. Is it according to the teachings of the apostles? It is not optional. We are obligated, each one of us, to be devoted to, to know and honor the teachings of the apostles of Christ. Now, if I... If I decide that I'm deficient in that, isn't the remedy obvious? Read the New Testament. When you finish, go back and read it again. And then spend the rest of your life reading and reviewing and learning and maybe memorizing parts of the New Testament. Learn the books, the themes. Learn how it all connects. Become a good student of context. It is essential in order to be a Christian that you are devoted to the teachings of the apostles of Christ. It's what Christians do. Turn a few pages to Acts chapter 5. And when you get to Acts chapter 5, find the last verse in that chapter, verse 42. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. You've heard me say this before, perhaps. There is a natural motivation for all of us. There's a natural motivation we are all familiar with. And it goes like this. If you have done something you really enjoyed, if you're excited about something you have found, you want to share it. If you read a book, buy a product, or have some experience, or go to some place, and you consider it to be a big deal. It is good. You want to share it. We see that on social media all the time. I saw a post the other day and it said you have to see this movie. And when people go on a vacation they'll say you've got to go to this place. Or you need this product. That's a natural component of being a social human being. You find something good and valuable and you want to share it. The apostles and these early Christians, what had they found? Whatever it was, they couldn't shut up about it. They had to tell others it was that good. What had they found? Salvation from sin in Jesus Christ with all the wisdom and hope and relief offered in obedience to the gospel. How many people recently have you shared the gospel with? What specific measures have you taken to share with others what you have found in the New Testament? I think we can do so much better and it's what Christians do.
May I take you to chapter 9 in the book of Acts, verse 36. Chapter 9 and verse 36. Listen, please. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated, means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. I think it is one thing to talk about good works in a very general way. Everybody's in favor of good works. You ever heard anybody come along and say, I'll debate you about that subject. I don't think there ought to be good works. No, we all agree. Good works are good. What are they in your case? What are they in my case? For this good woman, Dorcas, good works were not a huge broad category of generics subject only to discussion verbally. She did what she was able to do. She used her particular skill to serve others and in doing that she was serving Christ. Stop and ask yourself what can I do? It may not be something public what talents have you been gifted to develop that might be shared, that might become good works in the sight of God? What resources of time or money or opportunity can you apply to the work of the Lord in our family, in this church, in your neighborhood? How can you use resources God has granted to you to do good things that will glorify Him? and attract people to Him. I found this. Faith and works are as inseparable as sun and sunlight. Faith is the sun. Good works are its rays. Are you ready for every good work? Paul said to Titus, Christians are ready for every good work. <clears throat> Luke is telling us in the book of Acts, it's what Christians do. Chapter 14 and verse 22. Chapter 14 and verse 22. Actually, I should start at verse 21. For they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples. They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. It is one thing to be faithful to the Lord when everything is going smoothly. When there is no upheaval, no pressing issues, you're not in the valley of crisis. No opposition, no huge storms that you're having to navigate 
everything is fine. Your joy and peace promote and lead you into daily service to God, serving His people, trying to teach the lost. But then sometimes everything seems to fall apart. Losses seem to pile up. Not one cause of anxiety, but several seem to invade your life and your mind. Perhaps some persecution, conflict, maybe maybe in your mind the devil is putting some doubt there. Do you remain faithful then? In the storm, through the storm, believing that God will see you through it. And collectively, what is this church becoming if there comes a time when community and national hostility just invades God's people wherever they are? What are we then? Are we still here? Are we still preaching what we've always preached? What is the nation? What, what if our society takes a turn toward removing our work, the Lord's work, from the scene? What if mass persecution becomes violent and there is pressure to give up and to renounce our faith? We cannot rule out that such pressure is possible. And we cannot successfully predict what pain and turbulence could come into our lives tomorrow that we cannot imagine today. Are we preparing ourselves today for the temptation and pressure that could hit us tomorrow? A lot of what Christians do on a day-to-day -day basis is preparatory for what we may face down the way. I want to say that again. It's why this was written. It's why Paul told this to the disciples. A lot of what Christians do on a day-to-day -day basis is preparatory for what we may face further down the way. Steadfastness of faith gets us ready for what we cannot see ahead. For pain and trouble we cannot see today and may not expect, it's what Christians do. We prepare. And I'm back now where I started. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You know what this is. This is what Christians do. We are steadfast. We cannot be moved from faith in Christ. Our way of life is to abound in the work of the Lord because we know that abounding in the work of the Lord is not a waste. It isn't vain. The resurrection of Christ assures us God's faithful people will survive and enjoy a glorious eternal outcome. Let's be standing while we sing.